Hello, I'm Dylan Turl Reeve. You may remember me from Phoenix Wrestling as Joseph Turl, or from St. Coleman's Community College as the Chess Champion DTR. But today, I am the host of Straight Outta Clawing, one of the three co-hosts of Celtic Codec, and a very, very proud professional wrestling fan. No two ways about it. I... I love wrestling, everyone knows that, everyone knows how passionate I am about the business and how much I just absolutely adore it, it's my biggest passion in life, it's something that has gotten me through a lot of dark times, and despite the fact that there has been a couple of occasions where maybe I felt a bit burned out or took a little bit of a break, I always came back, always, and right now this episode is not one of sadness it's not one of like any negative feelings or thoughts it's a very happy one about a very happy place and a very happy time in my life uh, in particular and that was the promotion i mentioned right at the start there phoenix wrestling if you've been keeping up to date with your irish wrestling news or if you follow irish wrestling on social media you will of course seen that uh, Phoenix Wrestling has decided to close its operations uh, as of, I think it was Tuesday, as far as I remember, or Wednesday. That'll tell you how much I know about it, but it was definitely this past week. And the reactions were unbelievably heartwarming from fans, wrestlers, commentators, just, you know every single type of person who had some connection to phoenix was very quick to respond to the tweet and the decision made by billy bedlam and that was so heartwarming to see that phoenix had left such an impact on so many people not just you know not just myself but like it's just so many passionate wrestling fans around ireland never mind munster and I think I'm just here to kind of talk about just just the good times, which, let's be honest, it was nothing but good times for me anyway. I remember the first time I heard about Phoenix Wrestling was back in 2018, around the time, obviously, it was starting up. Uh, listen, there's no kind of way of beating around the bush. There obviously was an old promotion in Cork called Celtic Championship Wrestling, or CCW, which I did have one or two sessions at. Infamously, the Juice Robinson Seminar, which I had no business being at. But hey, I was invited there by somebody. Wasn't going to say no. I was a mark. I still am. So, a money mark, I think is what they would call me. But um, it, it was a learning experience, to say the least. To say the very, very least. And I remember in 2018 hearing about phoenix wrestling and kind of going oh like is ccw after rebranding or is this like a brand new promotion like i didn't exactly know what was going on and i was going to a lot of ott shows at this stage but i hadn't actually ever been to a phoenix show and it wasn't until kind of late 2019 that i really started taking notice of phoenix wrestling uh, and in particular it was a show in Cork uh, from OTT, their first and so far only show in Cork in Neptune Stadium, where I got to meet Pac, uh, one of the guys responsible for making me fall back in love at wrestling back in 2014, along with Sami Zayn, who I've also met. I've told that story a billion times at this stage, but 
it is what it is. Um, but I remember watching Raven Creed uh, wrestle for the women's title. And despite her losing efforts, it was so crazy to see Raven Creed in that match. And, you know, kind of go, wow. Like, I remember her at those few CCW training sessions I was at. And I think at this stage, she'd already had her WWE tryout. And this really lit a fire under me to get involved with Phoenix Wrestling. Because I've, I've said it a million times, 2019, bit of a dark year for me overall. There was some good points, but there was definitely some low points. And it was definitely a time where I realized I, I can't live like this anymore. I, I got to make some changes in my life. And I really need to start just doing these things I've been putting off for such a long time. And the main one of these things for me was to get involved in the world of professional wrestling. And February 2020, I had my first ever training session with Phoenix Wrestling, and this was such a huge moment for me. Not even just in wrestling, but just in my life. Just to be involved with this amazing promotion with people who at this stage had already been achieving some pretty cool things. For them all to be so welcoming and to be so complimentary when they probably, you know, didn't have to be about, you know some of the, the promos I was cutting, I cut some very bad promos at the start, or, you know, they're just guiding me through the, the basics of, you know, of starting in pro wrestling. And honestly, it's, even though it got cut kind of short in terms of the training, because obviously COVID would happen, which I'll get onto in a little bit, it was still such, just a great time. And I remember like really, even just, Obviously, the first week you're there is obviously kind of a bit weird, a bit weird because you're meeting everyone for the first time. But I remember the second week just feeling like, "Wow, like this is really fucking cool. Like I feel really welcome here. I feel really like I feel like I'm a part of something." Even though I was only two weeks into training, I was like, "This feels like," and I don't use this word lightly, but it felt like a little family. Because that's the thing about wrestling fans is instantly we connect when when you find out. If you're a professional wrestling fan, you find out that someone else is a professional wrestling fan. You instantly have that connection. Uh, I've talked about this, I think, on the show before. Recently, I started a new job. Well, I mean, I don't feel new at the job anymore because there's been like two new training groups that have come in after I've started. But when I started this job, I went into work one day wearing a New Japan jacket. And I held the door open for somebody because I'm a nice guy. Unlike certain musicians in Middleton who think they're big time and won't allow you to or excuse me won't um yeah they, they won't hold the door open for you because they feel like they're entitled but they're also fat pieces of shit who are big fish in small ponds but that's a story for another time um but i completely forgot the point i was just making and that's what i get for insulting a totally irrelevant person what was the point i was just making ah yes i was holding the door open for somebody at work and he i remember he said thank you sir and then he went New Japan Pro Wrestling, huh? And I was like, yeah. And he just went, too sweet me, bro. Too sweet me. And if you're a wrestling fan, you know what that means. That's the connection wrestling fans have. And instantly, like, we spent like five minutes just talking about what happened on WWE and AEW TV that week. And even though I don't watch a lot of AEW, it was just great having this conversation with with somebody and it was like I felt like I knew this guy forever and I, and I do speak to him uh, here and there at work as well we work in two different sections so it's hard to talk all the time but it's uh, yeah, it, it's just great it's, that's the connection wrestling fans have I think honestly 
it's a stronger connection than nearly everybody or nearly every other industry has in terms of... Like, for example, I'm a Manchester United fan, and I love United, but just because someone's a United fan doesn't mean I'm instantly going to have a connection with them. But if you're a wrestling fan, there is just that... There's that spark, you know what I mean? And to kind of get this back on track in terms of talking about Phoenix, I just felt like I was surrounded by people who've probably been in the same boat as me, just lifelong wrestling fans who always wanted to try it. Probably like me, got stick for being a wrestling fan at a certain age because some people, you know, they they get out of it and they, you know, they start calling it fake and they, they say all these kind of, you know, shitty things about wrestling and... I think it bothered me for a long time. Now I just don't really give a shit because what's the point in giving a shit? Like, I'm a wrestling fan and I don't need to justify it to anybody. But, like, we've all been there. We have all been in that boat. Now, I have to say, a lot of the time when I tell people I'm a professional wrestling fan or kind of more notably involved in professional wrestling, nine times out of ten, people are actually sound about it. People go, oh, that's interesting. Like, oh, I, I, I used to watch that or... You know, I still watch it here and there and whatnot. Like, people are very complimentary and they find it interesting. But you get the odd dickhead here and there who, you know, will give you a bit of shit for it. Like, I remember one taxi driver just fucking... And he was an absolute dickhead. Like, his name was Connor. I, I, like, I'm not going to hide people's names anymore. I won't give, like, their full information out there. But his, his name was Connor. And I remember one time... I can't even remember how it came up. But something came up about, like, you know, me being a wrestling fan. And I said something about... I think there was a pay-per-view coming up. I can't remember what it was. And I said, yeah, I'll be watching that. And he was like, oh, but is that like, that's the UFC, is it? Which obviously I am a fan of as well. And I was like, no, no, it's the WWE, the wrestling. And this guy, like, Connor is such a fucking wanker. And I don't care if he hears this. I really fucking don't. Like, I, I honestly, I've learned the art lately of not giving a fuck about certain things. I've had a stressful week. Let's just say that. And it's actually nothing to do with Phoenix. It's just stuff happening in a way that, thankfully... I'm after getting the majority of it sorted, so, you know, there's no need to panic right now. But uh, I do uh, remember having this conversation with him, and he was, I think The Undertaker's name came up, who obviously is one, is not one of my all-time favourites, he is my all-time favourite. And he started laughing, and I was like, what are you laughing at? The Undertaker, what the fuck, like, that's a load of shite. And I was like, literally, it's not. It's not a load of shite. He has made a great living for himself, being the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. At this stage, I think it was 2018, 2019, so, like, he was still going strong. And I was like, what's wrong with it? And he's like, but, like, fuck, say, that's fucking ridiculous, like, and I just think, you know, fucking, like, the, the boys now in the UFC now, or it's just, I'm a huge MMA fan, I am, but, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of casual, the MMA fans I consider casuals are the ones who shit on other things and think because they like MMA, this makes them a better person. It doesn't. But money came up into the conversation anyway, and he was like, oh, that would be uh, that would be shit money, is, is, was one of the lines that he said. It wasn't about wrestling, it was about something else. I was like, you know who are on great, uh, who's on great money? The Undertaker. So maybe you should go compare bank accounts with him. You know? And I think I do remember how it came up, because I remember he said something about, like, sure, it's, like, imagine, like, would you not be embarrassed doing fake fighting? And I was like, well, fella, they get paid a lot more for fake fighting, quote-unquote, than you do for driving this fucking taxi. They'll make more money in one pay-per-view than you will in your entire life. So, have some of that. And not that wrestling's all about money, it's just sometimes you need to knock someone back a bit when they're being an asshole. But, 
that's like one of the only occasions recently where I told someone I was involved in wrestling and there was a negative response to it. But anyways, uh, obviously, you know, a few weeks into Phoenix wrestling training, because I started in February 2020, uh, the coronavirus decided to rear its ugly head. And training had to close down or whatever, but um, I was still staying in touch. Like, we all still stayed in touch. And I remember we did a few watch-alongs together of, like, old Phoenix shows. We did uh, watch-alongs for WrestleMania that year. I tuned in for the first night. I didn't tune in for the second night just because there was a lot of overlapping sound coming from everyone's devices, so... And it, it, the WWE Network, I think all streaming services are like this. You know, one person could be at one timestamp and someone else might be at another t- timestamp depending on, you know, the service or whatever out where they live. But um, it, it was a really fun time and we had some good conversations. Just just a laugh. And it was like, it was just a really good time getting to, you know, do these things, making the best of what we had. We did this thing called Promo Wars, so everyone had to send in a promo and, like, have a bit of a battle, and that was a lot of fun. Got to, you know, get the creative, you know, juices flowing. And, like, 2020, for as tough as it was in some circumstances, I actually can look back on with a lot of fond memories. Now, there was one brief period where I actually got onto Billy Bedlam and said, look, I probably won't be training for a while. There's just a bit going on. Just, you know, mentally, I was in, I was having a bit of a... A bit of a rough patch. I think I was a little bit stressed at work. I think that at this stage, it was just, you know, trying to balance my time. My time. I went fucking like Tom DeLonge there for a second. Don't waste your time on me. You're already the voice inside my head. I miss you. But uh, I was trying to like balance the time between like, you know, working from home and trying to travel into Cork to go training. And... It just kind of got the best of me. And I, I was just a couple of other things that were kind of bothering me as well. But um, yeah, so I, I think I stopped training for a few weeks. And then Billy Bedlam, the legend himself, reached out to me a few weeks later. And that's where I got offered the refereeing position, which I will never forget it. I was sitting down at work. And at this stage, I was kind of going for a few days. I was like, I think I made a bit of a mistake leaving. I think I did. I think I was kind of going, oh, did I leave did I leave some of the demons in my head get the best of me? And I don't mean demons in terms of like drugs and stuff, just the, you know, battling your own thoughts. And I was like, oh, I think I might let it get the best of me. And I was like, oh, I want to reach out, but I also don't want him to think that like, you know, that this is like a regular thing with me. And literally, lo and behold, as I was thinking about this, I got a text from Billy Bedlam. And I was like, oh, that's a nice surprise. Because I think this was actually my first day back and work in the office we were trying to like slowly bring people back into the office at my old job at this stage, but it lasted all of a fucking week before we all had to go back home again um, because it was just getting too awkward to space it out. But I saw this text from Billy Bedlam. We had a bit of a chat and he offered me the refereeing role and I remember shooting up out of my chair. Like, it was funny. When I was watching Pat McAfee interview Vince McMahon um, where Vince offered him to have or Joe gave the chance to have a match at WrestleMania. Like Pat McAfee's reaction, whether that was planned before or not, I don't really care. But Pat McAfee's reaction wasn't too dissimilar to mine. I was like looking around going, I can't believe this is happening. Because I put up a Facebook post in January 2020 saying, I will be on at least one professional wrestling show this year. And I was like, I've put it up now, no going back. And 
lo and behold, despite being in a pandemic, when limited crowds were being left back into things for like, you know, all of two weeks, I ended up making my Phoenix Wrestling debut as referee on the brilliantly named show Unlock, Stock and Two Meters Apart, which was such an amazing time. And before I actually get onto that, we moved gyms in mid-2020. So I think right as I came back, we moved gyms, like literally like two weeks after my triumphant return. But um, when we moved into the new gym in Ballon Temple, we had a LJ Cleary seminar. And I will talk about LJ Cleary a bit more as time goes on. But we had an LJ Cleary seminar, which was probably, to this day, my favourite moment and my favourite day with Phoenix. Even though this wasn't like a show in front of fans, per se, it was like a dress rehearsal where like we just tested out like, you know, some of the... You know, some of the, the facilities, like how stuff would look, how, how it looks under the lights and getting a feel for like where cameras should be and stuff. Um, You know, that was kind of the, the dress rehearsal we went through. But like even just like that was the first day I ever met LJ Cleary. And like this is a guy who I'd seen at so many OTT, like every OTT show I was at, I saw this guy wrestle. I saw this guy wrestle at a CCW show in Middleton in 2015. And he went on to achieve all these great things. And here I am learning from him. And, you know, he's a super nice guy. He's super passionate about wrestling. And he's just the fucking... It, it was just... I, I can't describe what a great day that was. I can't put into words how much of a great day it was. And I remember one stage he was in the ring going over something. And I was standing there, you know, on, on the outside... Just standing on uh, on the on the apron and just kind of going. This time last year, none of this seemed possible. I was in like this was August twenty twenty. I was so I was like you know twelve months before. I was in a really dark place. I'd lost you know I'd fallen out with a few friends. The group I was in wasn't making me happy, and even though I wasn't fully out of the group at this stage, it was just like I couldn't help but think, wow, like if you told me this time last year that all of this would be happening, I wouldn't have believed it. I just wouldn't have. And it was just, it's one of my favourite days. And I got to referee some matches. Like, that was the first time I got to referee, you know, matches that had been prepared, which was really, really interesting and really cool. And it fully prepared me for Unlock Stock and Two Metres Apart. And that day was just, that was a great day for Irish wrestling and Monster wrestling in particular. And of course, you know, me personally, it was my first ever pro wrestling show. My lifelong dream was coming through. I got to use my granddad's name. Obviously, I decided to use the name Joe Tarl. I refereed every match. I got to referee, you know, Raven Creed, Matt Schuyler, Corey, uh, Corey Jeffries, who was one of the you know first friends I ever made in wrestling, which was which was great. Um, Billy Bedlam, who gave me the opportunity. Steve Savage, who was just a fucking beast of a man and, you know... Steve, Steve is just a fucking great person. He just is like a very caring and giving person. And as I say, just a hell of a wrestler and one of the most intimidating looks in wrestling, but just super talented and super nice. Um, you know, It was just great. Like this, the skull collector that's uh, creeped me out a bit and I did get, you know, uh, hypnotized for a small bit in the ring, which was quite scary. And I actually have no memory of that. I was, I was possessed and, 
it made me go into this trance and next thing I knew I was counting the one, two, three. So that was kind of weird, but uh, he was an interesting character to me, Skull Collector. So, you know, fair play to him for that. Uh, but it was just a great day, an absolute great day. And I ended up being on four Phoenix Wrestling shows. Uh, unfortunately, I wouldn't get to referee again for another 13 months because of everything with the pandemic and all that and obviously Phoenix moving to Limerick and stuff and and that was the disappointing thing about the gym in Ballon Temple was that that was just such a quality gym it was a fucking quality gym and we never really got to use it to its full potential that was the most heartbreaking thing was that facility deserved so much more and it's absolutely nobody at Phoenix Wrestling's fault there is nobody to blame within Phoenix Wrestling unfortunately it was just circumstances between COVID not seeming to want to go away at that stage, you know, landlords not being understanding. It was just a, it was just a combination of things, you know, happening in the background. But I can wholeheartedly tell everybody, nobody at Phoenix Wrestling is to blame for what happened there. It was just a shit situation that nobody could prevent. Well, one person could have prevented it, but you know, again, they're not involved at Phoenix. They're they may or may not have been the landlord, but that's all I'll say about that. It was a real shame. It was a really, really... Just just a shit feeling that we never really got to use it to what we could have. I think the last time I was ever in that gym was... It was December of 2020. Wow. And then obviously Phoenix moved to Limerick. And I know I kind of... I left for a little bit. Um, you know, I've already kind of spoke about that. You know, obviously I was I was doing the acting course. I was, I was involved in other stuff. So I did leave Phoenix for a bit. Um, before eventually returning again but eh, I won't get too much into that it's a bit of a long story and I don't want to focus on anything negative I want to focus on the positives but uh, yeah four shows I got to be a part of the show in the keynote was just crazy I mean Scotty Too Hotty being on the show like I went to see an American wrestling rampage show on Halloween in 2008 and Scotty Too Hotty was in the main event that night and fast forward what 13 years later I think yeah 13 years later no, hang on, Matt's 10, and sorry, 14 years later, Jesus, 14 years later, here I am on the same show as Scotty Tuhati, you know, getting to shake his hand, getting to, you know, learn from him, getting to listen to his advice, which was great, like, stuff like that, I never would have imagined being possible, ever, and all I, all I feel right now is happiness, and I'm grateful, and I'm so proud of everything that I got to do with Phoenix Wrestling. It didn't last as long as maybe we'd hoped, but I'll put it this way. Brock Lesnar, his initial run in WWE was a two-year run, but look at the impact it made. I was only at Phoenix for, you know, two years, pretty much. But look at how I completely grew as a person and look at all the stuff I got to achieve and look at where we are now. It's night and day. Completely night and day. I'm so grateful for the time spent at Phoenix. I just have nothing but good memories. Even though I didn't expect the Kino show to be the last Phoenix show under Billy Bedlam and for Phoenix to be in its current form or its you know most recent form, I just think what a way to bow out. I think it was amazing. This kind of gets me on to the future. 
and not just my future, but the future of wrestling in Munster. Now, I can't say what's going to happen. I can't say what's not going to happen. But I'm going to slightly contradict myself and say, fans of wrestling here in Munster should not be worried about the future. Even though, right now, it's a weird time, and the announcement might have taken and caught a few people off guard. Listen, me included, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't expecting that news that day. Don't be worried. Because the talent pool is too good for it just to go away. We have other options around Ireland to go train, even though, listen, we were already travelling to Limerick when half of us don't live there. What's the difference with travelling to somewhere like Dublin? Don't be worried. Me, personally, I have no intentions of leaving wrestling. I'm still going to be involved. Uh, Obviously, right now, it's just a case of trying to work out, like, you know, what I'm going to be doing in the meantime until things can get sorted. But I have no intentions of going away. I still want to develop as a referee. I still want to work with people like Foxy. I'd love to go up and and meet some of the people at Fight Factory and, and maybe get some tips from them. Titanic as well. I'm not going away. That's that's the kind of main point I want to get across there is I, I don't want to leave Phoenix Wrestling. Excuse me, Irish Wrestling. <laughs> um, that, that's, that's not on my mind at all. In terms of the future of promotions here in... Uh, I, was, I keep wanting to say Cork, but it is Munster. Phoenix will always rise. That's the point of a Phoenix, is that... It rises. One chapter has ended, but another chapter will begin. I can't tell you when it's going to happen. I can't tell you what exactly will happen, but it's not going to be a dead scene. The scene has not died. It's just going through transitions. I fully respect Billy Bedlam's decision. So just to read the actual quote, which I probably should have done at the start, but I'm doing it now. He said, Announcing my decision to close Phoenix Wrestling and school with immediate effect. It's been a very difficult few weeks. Thank you for the last four years to all the wrestlers and fans especially. (coughs) And referees. (coughs) Excuse me. What a blast we have had. Refunds will follow for the show that was supposed to be this month. I love you all. Billy Bedlam, a.k.a. Kieran Lynch. Kiss. I don't know why I read the kiss part. That was weird. But, um... Nobody has anything bad to say about Billy Bedlam. You'll never catch me saying anything bad about that man. I owe him so much. The trust he put in me to be the referee, and you know, even the last show getting to referee the tag team championship match was just something unbelievably special. It was so great to be able to be under his guidance and his his uh, yeah, just 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 to get his, the trust from him that I did was it just meant the world to me that he trusted me that much even after you know being away for a while to put me in in this in the you know big matches that he did i just i can't thank him enough for that it really really means the world to me and whatever he does next i i wish him all the best and i think justy said it uh in his tweet regarding phoenix wrestling's um you know future and it's closing that if it's not fun anymore, 
then you need to stop. You need to get out. Don't put yourself in a situation you don't want to be in. And that is very true. And Bedsy, I love you to bits, man. I don't know if you're listening to this. I hope you are, mainly because I need the listeners. I'm joking. I'm joking. But I know I do hope you're listening to this because I I fucking love you, man. I really do. Um, It's a shame that this reconnection didn't last as long as I'd hoped, but I have no doubt our paths will, uh, will cross again. And I have no doubt that the future of Monster Wrestling is safe. And stay tuned. Stay tuned. Because I'm not going away. None of the other lads are going away. We'll be fine. All good things come to those who wait. And hopefully, you all won't have to wait very long. I am going to end this with a wrestling promo. Not just because this is a wrestling-related episode. That's just what I do all the time. And I just can't put into words how much I love Phoenix Wrestling, how much I love everyone there, what a great time it's been, and I look forward to seeing all of you again in the future, no matter where it is. Enjoy the promo. And the Rock hammered earlier by the Big Show and... Big Show, The Rock says, seeing as that jabroni you call a partner, The Undertaker is booked tonight for a match that pretty much leaves you free. So The Rock says, if you've got any fortitude in them little bitty things you call balls. Uh-oh, uh-oh, very personal here. That's what this is about. Then tonight, in front of all The Rock's fans, you will go one-on-one on one with the great one. Laying down a challenge to the big show tonight. And go on and check your big fat ass directly into the SmackDown Hotel. Big show's gonna need a big king-sized bed, isn't he? Wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. That Millennium Clock. It's it's the Millennium Tower. Ten. Nine. Countdown. Six. To the Millennium. Four. We're counting down. Three. Two. We're counting it down. for the World Wrestling 
Federation. Now, for those of you who don't know me, I am Chris Jericho, your, your new hero, your party host, and most importantly, the most charismatic showman to ever enter your living rooms via a television screen. And for those of you who do know me, well, all hail the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla! Got a nice haircut, I can say that! Now when you think of the new millennium, you think of an event so gigantic that it changes the course of history. You think of a dawning of a new era. In this case, the dawning of a new era in the WWF. The Rock is not impressed. Thank you. Thank you. Jericho's got a lot and of a new guts. era is what this once proud and profitable company sorely needs. What was once a captivating, trend-setting program has now deteriorated into a cliched, let's be honest, boring snooze fest that is in dire need of a knight in shining armor. Oh, he's talking about you and now, that's JR. why I'm here. Chris Jericho has come to save the WWF. Oh, from what? Well, you're gonna get your pink slip. Now let's go over the facts. Television ratings, downward spiral. Pay-per-view buy rates, plummeting. Mainstream acceptance, non-existent. And reactions of the live crowds, complete and utter silence. And I know why you're silent. You're silent because you're embarrassed to be here. What? And quite honestly, I'm embarrassed for you. And the reason why you're embarrassed is because of the steady stream of uninteresting, untalented, mediocre sports entertainers who you're forced to cheer for and care for. No wonder you're not cheering. You can care less about every single idiot in that dressing room. And especially this idiot in the center of the ring. A rock is going to explode, King, any minute. You people have been led to believe that mediocrity is excellence. Uh-uh. Jericho is excellence. He's got a lot of guts to interrupt the rock. And now, for the first time in WWF history, you have a man who can entertain you. You have a man who is good enough for you. You have a man who can make you jump up off your chairs, raise your filthy fat little hands in the air, and scream, go Jericho, go! Go Jericho, go! Go Jericho, go! Thank you. The new millennium has arrived in the WWF. And now that the Y2J problem is here, this company, from the front office idiots to all the amateurs in the dressing room, including this one, to everybody watching tonight, will never, 
ever be the same again. Y2J, did he say Y2J? Yeah, I heard. Look, The Rock is dumbfounded. He's an arrogant young man. <laughs> Uh-oh. After three boring minutes, The Rock says, Know your role and shut your mouth! I second that. How dare you, little jabroni, come on The Rock Show and not even have the class to introduce yourself? What is your name? I told you! It doesn't matter what your name is! about your Y2J plan? Well, The Rock has a little plan of his own, and it's called the KY Jelly Plan. Oh, no. Which... <laughs> you know what that is, JR? Yeah. You do? You don't clean... You don't use it to clean pipes, JR. Which means The Rock is gonna lube his size 13 boot real good, turn that some bitch sideways, oh. and stick it straight up! You can't do that! He's percolating! He's cooking! He's hot! 